Welcome to another podcast where I, Samantha Eason, owner and licensee of Exclusively Managed in Brisbane, discuss property management and strategies for managing your investment property. This show will discuss the many factors that contribute to poor management of investments and what makes a successful investment thrive. We would love to hear from our local investors directly. If you have a scenario or situation you would like our assistance with, hit us up online. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi everyone, it is Samantha Eason here with another episode on Talking Property Management. Now, I thought I would have fun with this one. This is a particular situation I'm in at the moment, or I was in, I should say, and I will be completely honest, it is nothing serious. It's a simple pet issue. But for future episodes, depending on the response I receive on this one, I can definitely look at going deeper in the rabbit hole. However, this episode is going to highlight the many issues a landlord and investor are going to face or are facing with hiring the wrong property manager. So the situation is, I have a duplex that has no fence separating both properties. They have a shared yard for the whole yard space apart from the front of the property where there is a small gate in between, I guess, the front lawn and the garage. We had one of our tenants ask if her new partner's dog could stay at the property. And I'll be completely honest, both tenants at the property, let's say house A and house B, are more than happy with the dog there. The issue with this though, even though both tenants have no problems with the dog, is the obvious shared yard issue and the owner's liability if the dog bit someone or the neighbouring tenant or caused damage. The updated pet reforms even state that there are two reasonable reasons in this situation to decline a pet. And this information can be found with a quick Google search. The property is unsuitable for keeping the pet because of a lack of appropriate fencing, open space or another item necessary to humanely accommodate the pet. And option two is keeping the pet would pose an unacceptable risk to the health and safety of a person. So, this legislation had come into effect within a year from now, or like a year ago. So, plenty of time for property managers to read it and most importantly, understand it. Because I think that's the issue. It's the understanding and grasping a concept of any changes made in our legislation and our act without actually you know, out with outside of the normal terms. Now, let's see what type of advice I was provided with when I tested this question to our community. As hundreds of people in this community group, thousands, 
they're property managers in Queensland, essentially. It's not a state or a nationwide. Um, it's not a nationwide. It is a state group and forum. But let's see what advice I was provided with. Beforehand, though, imagine if I was an inexperienced property manager who needed to know the answer and went with the wrong advice. And what if you were my client? What would you be thinking? How would you feel if I gave you the wrong information because I either hadn't been trained appropriately or I hadn't received the right advice from this forum? This is the response my question received from property managers when I put it to them. One person said, unless there is not enough room for the dog or there is a body corporate declining the dog, then they really can't decline it as there is no reason to. And another, and under the current new pet laws, though, what would you decline this under if there is sufficient, sufficient space and no current issues with the people on site to decline? I can't see any rules under the new law that would allow you to decline. As for new tenants, it would be just like any new tenancy with a neighbouring property that has a dog. They know the dog is there and rent it as such or don't if they don't want to deal with the dog next door, which would probably be fairly minimal of applicants. My issue was never you know, finding tenants or having issues renting the property. The post is strictly about the dog and the shared yard. And already I've received a couple of responses that have said the dog is fine. Let's read another. Why not? If the yard is sufficient, if tenant A is willing to sign an agreement to the fact and tenant B is willing to sign to the norm of a pet terms to the normal pet terms, there should be no reason it can't work. So it was about 12, 18 hours later and some other people started chiming in to the post. We finally got a decent response. Lack of sufficient fencing and property is not suitable for the pet the tenant is applying for. This could definitely impact the owner's ability to rent the neighbouring duplex a duplex apartment should the tenant move out. Not everyone wants a dog in their own outdoor space. What of a new tenant has a what if a new tenant has a young child or a pet allergy? I would not be approving this one. If the application was for an inside only cat, it would be different story as this would have zero impact on the neighbouring tenant. That is true. Like if it was an inside cat, that would have no issue with the neighbouring tenant because cats generally stay inside. Um, granted, some do roam, but it's a shared yard. You would have to inform the tenant with the cat that it's strictly an inside cat or move on to the best next application if the owner is definitely like, I just have bad feelings of cats. This particular owner... He's had a cat live there previously for 11 years with no concerns. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. 
But what do you think the problem is with the comments this post received? Apart from the obvious. And this is what frustrates me within our community or, you know, the advice that property managers are receiving. I talk about it all the time. There are just property managers out there who are not trained properly. It is not a tick and flick role. You have to come into the role with the understanding that if, especially if you're green in the industry, you are going to be learning a lot and a lot of it comes down with experience. You're not a senior property manager after two years in a role. But apart from the obvious, what do you think the problem is with the comments this post received? Absolutely none of the property managers and principal or licensees mentioned liability to the owner because it wasn't just standard property managers or property manager assistants that commented on this post. There was also a principal and licensee who did and more who commented on the basis of approving the pet, obviously haven't been keeping themselves updated on the pet reforms. And what do I think? It's getting ridiculous. It really is. It's, an, I don't know how much more clear I can be, but an inexperienced property manager is going to cost you so much more than a bad tenant and a bad situation. They're going to put your investment in severe risk. And you hear the stories of, you know, my property manager didn't do routines and the tenants trashed the place and we now are in arrears of 60 days of rent. You can lose so much more than just 60 days of rent. You don't just have to worry about the loss of rent now. You have to worry about the inexperienced property managers having no idea what they are doing. And trust me when I say this, there are so many out there. It is absolutely ridiculous. I think I've met 5% of decent property managers or or I know of 5% of decent property managers out of the 100 or so I've come across in my career. But if you're thinking, well, this is just a simple pet issue, you know, like you got the advice anyway, let's move on. Um, here are some more examples of the lack of experience and training there is in the real estate industry. And it's unfortunate that you as landlords and investors are none the wiser. The issue comes across a lot of time. It's basic knowledge of the general tenancy agreement. This person writes, my owner wants to breach his tenant for the condition of the yard. The yard has gone from a fully green, healthy yard to a complete pile of dirt. How long did it take for you to realize that? That's my first point. The post continues, but that is my first point. They have two unapproved dogs at the property, which they will receive notice to remedy breaches for. The dogs have been digging up the yard, which the tenants have been filling in with dirt as they go. So let's assume that they've been in there for 12 months or they're coming up to the their end of their 12 months. 
This would have been resolved at the first routine. When, when do these property managers go to their first routine? Rule of thumb, go within four weeks of that tenant moving in. Set the boundaries, get to know your tenant. You then have three months, go again. You will know exactly what type of tenant you will have. You will see damage to a yard doesn't happen overnight. This is improper trained property managers. What can I add or how can I word it in the breach notice telling the tenants they need to fix the yard? And that is fine, but the if you read through the lease agreement, you will see that there are special terms and terms or general tenancy terms in the lease agreement that results directly to damaging the property, keeping the property to a maintained standard as per the entry condition report and general yard and you know garden tidy up. There's also special terms attached to it depending on what program you use to grab your, I, I guess, your lease agreements. Another person writes in this forum, if a tenant is breaking lease but has returned the keys earlier than their initial vacate date, two weeks earlier, do we do the vacate straight away? What if in two weeks' time the lawns are overgrown prior to a new tenant moving in? And I've had this issue come up before. I've had to argue with allegedly more experienced um, members of the community than me, but once the keys are returned, property possession has been handed over. You do the vacate straight away. It is the tenant's responsibility to complete the exit condition report. You have three days if the exit condition report has been completed. However, best practice will tell you to go within the three days either way. You'd complete your vacate inspection and cross-reference with the tenants if they've supplied one. The tenant in a break lease is still responsible for the property and the rent until a new tenant is secured and moves in. Someone comments on this post. Yes, you do the vacate now, but they are no longer responsible for the lawns. Just remember they are now paying compensation to the owner. They're paying compensation for rent to the owner. It is not classified as rent after a tenant has vacated. It is technically classified as compensation, but they pay the rent or what would the owner be compensated for in rent amount, but they are still responsible for taking care of the property. And what's wrong here? The vacating tenants are 100% responsible for the property until a new tenant moves in. I just, who's training the property managers in our area or in our state? Because I just do not understand how there are so many inexperienced people looking after someone's $500,000, $800,000 investment or more. Like, if you have an investment valued at over, over any amount, you need someone experienced looking after it. You wouldn't go, hey, I've got a million dollars to some random financial advisor that you do not know any information about. You weren't recommended. His name just popped up on a Google ad and go, hey, I've got a million dollars. Can you put this in the best place possible? 
You wouldn't do that. So why do you do it as landlords with your investments? Apart from all of the, I don't know, we are looking for a new staff member posts, I see this is the level of some of the property managers. And some of these commenters are providing the wrong advice to other property managers. And they are not unfortunately receiving the proper training and the proper advice from these groups. And that's unfortunate. That's not the property manager's fault. There is a reason why learner drivers have to do so many hours before they get on the road by themselves. It's for the safety and well-being of themselves as well as others. You know, you have to be confident to drive. But these property managers, and this is where it's like conflicting, I hate these groups because they let anyone comment and say whatever they like, but it's not disclosed as true or false. So no one actually goes through and goes, you know, we're moderating this group or this thing. This is false. This is false. Do not, you know, take this advice. No one's doing that. They're letting anyone put out advice, wrong or right. And these poor people who are obviously not receiving the support that they need in their office are none the wiser, just like their clients. They have no idea. They're stressed. They're probably overworked and underpaid, like majority of the industry. Um, I, don't, I just don't, I don't know. The training and support of a property manager or that a property manager receives is the responsibility of the principal agent and at the very least, the property management team leader. If they do not have an adequate team, they are not going to learn within their role at all. And everybody knows that a good leader will make the best team they can. It all comes down to who is leading these people. You need to ask yourself, who are you trusting your investment to? What experience do they have and are they being appropriately trained? Because going on a public forum to grab the answers where you've really got to roll a dice to see which one you should go with means that they're not. There is heaps of questions like this being put through this public forum with absolutely no decent answers and absolutely no support. I'll bring more of these to the table if we receive a good response on this episode. But I need to make this very clear. I'm getting really sick and tired of people filling property management roles with people who have limited training or experience and they're just expecting them to sink or swim. If you have had multiple property managers over the last two years, there is a very big possibility that you unfortunately are an investor in this situation with either an inexperienced property manager or maybe a property manager who's just trying her best. She's sinking. She's not at the point or they're not at the point of swimming. I've been in a role like that. I've been in those toxic work environments where you do not receive the support that you should have. You do not receive any growth or any training or just anything to get you to evolve from the position that you're in. And unfortunately, the best thing that you can do is move. 
but sometimes it does come down to the property manager. There are when there are a lot of people who just stick to what they believe is right or wrong. There are a lot of grey areas within our act and our legislation, and some people play to them probably too much or not enough. But if you're going on a public forum to try and get answers that you need for someone's five hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand, or over a million dollar investment. I would probably reconsider where you're going for your advice. And the people who do not know the answer, I hope you learn from the people who comment with the right answers. Because like I said, there's no one monitoring these posts. There is absolutely nobody going, hey, this is the correct answer, disregard these. And that's the issue because this forum it's got thousands of property managers in it or investment specialist or property manager assistants if they're not achieving the results that they need in their office their team leader isn't giving them enough training they're not going to Stacey Holt or REIQ seminars they're not reading the act and understanding it properly they're not being quizzed how exactly are they growing their knowledge and how do you expect them to grow your investment? That's a very good question because this this has been happening since I've been in the industry and there are people who've been in it six times more than me. So it's, it's disappointing, but it's true. Unfortunately, there are times where you have to go outside of your team to find answers. But sometimes those answers that you could be getting are false. They're not factual. They're not actually going to assist you. And these property managers who are struggling and they're maybe young or they're green in the industry or maybe they've got heaps of experience because, like I said, there were people in there with over, you know, there's a, there was a principal and licensee who commented in my post originally where this episode is about who actually didn't even answer it. They just went refer to the pet legislation. That's a leader of a team. No support. That's the issue with our industry. We had so many people leave over the last 12 and 24 months. So much abuse. So much disdain. I mean, I definitely don't think I will achieve many claps for putting out so many holes within our industry. Um, and I, I was that property manager years ago. You know, I struggled. I, I remember I left a job and I was promised so much training from another that I was like, this is exciting because I think I can learn more. I think I can do more. I feel like I know everything I know right now, but what if there's more that I need to know? And I was promised so much training within that role that that's the reason I left. We go to seminars, you'll do this, you'll do this. I didn't receive any. The the franchise that I worked at didn't want to pay for the training. So unfortunately, I missed out on the only reason I left my company that I left because I wanted to go and learn more. I wanted to evolve. I wanted to be better than what I was. So instead, I took it in my own hands. I am now an REIQ accredited member. And 
I read the act word for word. I jump on, I speak to leaders and trainers within the industry to get a better understanding of where some gray areas of our tenancy laws are at. And yeah, I, I fine tune and work off best practice processes. You know, what's best for the client's investment? What's safer for the client's investment? What's safer for the agent if they're not sure? Um, so yeah, let me know. Reach out if you think, you know, you'd want more of these honest and truthful episodes. Um, because yeah, there's a rabbit hole you can go down in. And at the end of the day, I care more about people's investments than, um, you know, saying the wrong thing to upset someone. Um, it hasn't stopped me before. It's probably not going to stop me now. So yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to know what you think. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Um, this is Samantha Eason with Talking Property Management. I'm the licensee and principal of Exclusively Managed. We are a boutique small agency located in North Brisbane, servicing North Brisbane and Brisbane City and surrounds. And I look forward to answering more questions that you have surrounding your investment property or your long-term and short-term strategies with gaining success through property investments. Um, being a property investor myself and working with so many, I've learned so much. The most I've learned is over the last couple of years working for myself than I have in any other office. And what I mean by that is not legislative information and stuff, just strategies and understanding an investor's mindset and what they need to succeed in their investments. Every property is different. Every client's different. So understanding different strategies for each client or a different person is just fascinating. Um, but yeah, maybe that can be another episode. I don't know. I'll let you go. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening. My main focus is on growing our clients' investments, so our audio or style may be a bit choppy as I'm not a professional speaker, but I'm committed to being transparent with my communication with our clients, including you as our listener. Thanks for listening to Talking Property Management with Samantha Eason, and don't forget to visit us online at exclusivelymanaged.com.au.